0: Thank you very much, our near-capacity crowd (laughs) this evening. Thank you very much, and welcome along to this week's edition of Life to Pitch TV. I'm Mark Murphy. Uh, I'll introduce you to the team in a moment or two, but let's just say a big thank you to those who make the show happen, our sponsors. Our main sponsor is DPS Tech. A massive thank you also to our other sponsors for making the show happen. All About Hearing, marketing company Ginger Pickle, Forward Floors, Ashford Wright, Come Here The Design, The Hudson Group, Sound 4 Pro Audio, Venue 16, Fred Olsen Logistics, John Keeble Cars in Bramford, and they're in tonight, The Dove in Ipswich. Hooray! And also a big thank you to DPS Tech for sponsoring our wonderful sofa. Let me introduce you to the team now. It's Terry Butcher, Hooray! it's Russell Osmond, and from twtd.co.uk, it's Phil Ham. Over there we have Richard and John on technicals. Leslie's our floor manager manager, and you are our near capacity crowd tonight. You're going to have to work hard to get the old sound levels going this evening. Uh, So lots coming up on the programme. We'll chat to Tommy Miller a little bit later on in the programme. But before that, we have to take a look and see what happened at the weekend, Butch. Don't we? You were covering this. Don't keep staring at me. I wasn't playing. Um, you were covering it for Five Live, weren't you? How did that go? How do you
1: think it went, we're going to say? It? it was murder. But you've got to be neutral. BBC, got to be neutral. And I tried to be as neutral as I could. Try, yeah, I was very angry, to be honest. But uh, there we are. You know, it's it's one of those freak games you you commentate on and it happens to be your team that gets, that gets beaten but Alistair Bruce Ball as well he's a, he's a big Ipswich fan and he, it's been a long time since he's actually commentated on a game at Portman Road and he says I have to pick this one but there we go
2: That's not what you said when I saw
0: you straight after the match Terry
1: No I've calmed down a lot since then Russell
0: <laughs> and so have you as well we weren't, oh, we weren't okay happy now. Yeah. Well you imagine being on the PA at the end trying to say goodnight to everybody I was very subdued thanks for coming. I mean, I'll yeah. see you in a couple of weeks. Yes. Yeah. yeah, well, what uh, else can you say? Uh, no, not a yeah. lot, really. Um, we'll talk about that right now. It is time to take a look at the season so far, sponsored by The Dove in Ipswich. Now, if you were watching the show last week, you'll know that we spoke to uh, to Sam Bone, who's one of the Maidstone players. And I think it's fair to say he came in for a fair amount of stick. We had score predictions like 6-0, you know, enjoy the day. You know, it's a nice day out for the family. Uh, We we couldn't have been ruder to him, really, could we, if we're quite honest about it, looking back. Um, We thought we'd better get him back and eat a bit of humble pie and say well done and give credit to Maidstone. Sam Bone, everybody! What up, Sam? hey, Hi, guys, you okay? Thanks for having me back on. Well, we, we felt so guilty about the stick we gave you last week. We thought we'd better get you on and say, well done. <laughs> 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 what a day for you, though. What an incredible day out. Like, I've had,
3: I've had about half an hour to think of what to say, and I still can't find any words, to be honest, guys. Um, just, just incredible. Like to, uh, We were, like, literally, it's, it's funny, I said it to the boys uh, last week when we went out celebrating, and I said... Barrow, we've got a good chance. Stevenage, we have half a chance. Ipswich, I'm just, we're going to enjoy the day, going to enjoy the occasion. We've only bloody gone on one, so uh, as you can imagine, I'm on cloud nine, I'm on top of the world, as are the players, and uh, we're just trying to embrace every single moment of this, you know?
0: Well, it was on Twitter the other day that someone said, "Is this Ipswich Town's worst ever defeat?" And then former Town goalkeeper right? Craig Forrest, who let nine in at Manchester United, said, "Of course it is." <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's up there. i would now have in, done the same. Yeah, it's up there in cup history. But you were saying earlier on, this is one that's going to get you know rolled out year after year now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're, you're losing the cup. Anybody can you know, lose in the cup. You know, we've seen that with all the top teams as well. But you know. At home, you know, against a seventh place team, um, seventh you know divisions below or whatever, and it, and you sort of feel well, you know, it's we're going to go through. D- Sam, did you ever feel at any stage that there was a, a touch of arrogance coming from Ipswich in in the build up to the games and all that sort of thing?
3: No, no, not at all. Um, I think there were ten changes made to the uh, to the lineup to um, to the Leicester game, but. Never did I, never did I think in, during the game. You know, there's a there's a touch of arrogance, or you know, I always felt like they they were just so good. They were just so good, and yeah, like I said, there was there was never a, a part of me that went, oh, they're having themselves here, or oh, they think they can just go through the motions. Uh, it was fully professional, and look, we we caught you guys on on two counters. Um, And you had about, I think it was 38 shots in total. So it's just luck. Uh, I think you hit the bar and hit the post in the first five minutes or something. So it is just luck. But then we created that luck because we we stayed in the game. We were resilient. And like I said, we managed to get two opportunities. And and thankfully to the boys, they, they took them away, you know. Did, Sam, it looked like uh, halfway
2: through the first half you were blowing a bit. Is it fair to say? It was oh no, no, no! no, no. It, it
3: wasn't through the first uh, the, the the half during the half. It was within the first two minutes.
4: <laughs> um, well, we didn't yeah, like to say that. I,
3: I think I've, I said to myself ten minutes in. I said this isn't enjoyable. I'm not I'm not even enjoying this anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, we, we managed to to stay resilient and uh, we we caught you on the counter, which was which was amazing.
1: Did you did you think because Town hadn't scored in all that pressure that they had um, early on? Did you did you gain <clears> confidence <throat> in that? Did you sort of think, well, you know, we've done well to get 20, 25 twenty twenty five minutes, you know, let's let's see what you know the rest of the half brings? Did, did that give you confidence knowing that Ipswich hadn't scored? Uh,
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh,
3: no, literally, um, to be fair, in the first 20 minutes, you're, you're saying to yourself, bloody, like, how do we even get out of our own half here? And it just so happened that we managed to to catch you on the counter. Um, I'd be lying if I said, look, we've got half a chance here. I really, it was just horrible to play in. It, it genuinely was the first half. It was just, it was horrible because they installed fear. So whenever we felt like we could press, we were like, well, actually, we don't want to press because they're just going to beat the press and, and, and break the lines, you know. Um, and then if you got too tight, they'd just play it round. If you didn't get tight enough, they'd play like a worldy pass or play it through the lines. So it was so difficult. And sorry, someone's just falling over in the kitchen. It was so <laughs> difficult. And, and and thankfully, like I said, we. I think it came from a corner, the first goal and a great ball from Liam soul. He puts Lamar Reynolds through and I've, I've actually never seen him score a goal like that before.
5: <laughs> normally
3: you see people saying, Oh, I've seen him do it in training uh, many a times, but uh, in the, in the nicest way possible, that's not the case. So uh, he came up with a bit of magic and then Sam Korn does what he always does. Um, and, you know, he really, he took it upon himself to to make himself the hero. He breaks. I thought I was going to swear then, but he, he busts the gut to get forward And, uh, yeah, the rest is history. managed to find the bottom
5: corner. When the whistle went, Now it must have been some feeling. Poor.
3: I tell you what, the last 10 minutes of that game was probably the worst 10 minutes of my life. That was just... It was horrible because it was just wave and wave after attack, wave after attack. And it got to, like, the last three minutes of the game and you're going, oh, my God, please hang out, boys. And, yeah, as you can imagine, when the final whistle went, it was just crazy scenes to... You know, ran on the pitch, saw, you know, all the players, I managed to find my family in the crowd. I don't know if you've seen the video, but my man my family managed to catch a video of my granddad celebrating. He came over to surprise me. So it was just uh, it was just incredible to have that moment with them. And then I went back after to see them when we when we arrived back into Mesa and they were all so happy. So yeah, without a doubt, the the best moment of my career. And uh, one that I'm really trying to embrace. It's nice now that we have the the next round in. I think it's like three or four weeks, so it gives me a bit of time to enjoy the moment. You know, Sam. You.
2: I'm going to take a bit of credit because George Fowler was in my uh, Ipswich Town under eighteen academy team. So is that right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. What he's not told you? No, he hasn't. He hasn't mentioned it. Right. Well, you rub his nose in it then. <laughs> I'll mention it to him tomorrow. Don't you worry. <laughs> I told you... him everything he knows. <laughs>
3: And at the no, end, I you... tell you what, you've taught him well as well because he's a very good player. And he was outstanding. Mr. Consistent, I call him.
5: Outstanding, he was. No, yeah, he was, he was good.
3: good. Yeah, he was brilliant.
5: And at the end, you you got Conor Chaplin shirt. Is that right?
3: Yes. Yeah, I did. Um, him and the Luco came into the changing room to wish us well, and that was. I don't want to sound patronising, but that was so classy from them, you know, to to come in and. I'm sort of going, oh my God, it's Chaplin, and and a few of the boys had. Um, uh, I think one of them got Sarmiento's top and all, and I was the only one without a top, and I'm going, do I ask him or do I not? And yeah, I asked him, and he and he went and got it for me. But that was really close of them to come in and and wish us well, you know. But but you
1: know, it's not going to fit you. It's too small. You
3: know? <laughs> no, it is a it is literally a size small. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hang it off in my room instead. Yeah, and, yeah, right, yeah.
5: and you you offered him his shirt, your shirt, didn't you? No, <laughs> no chance.
3: <laughs> no, no. Um, I think I think Matt Keane, actually he put that on Facebook, but uh, now that wasn't the case. That's something that I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get both of them sort of framed together with like a nice picture. Um, and my auntie gave me her matchday ticket as well, so I'm gonna get like a nice photo frame with the with the both tops in, you know.
1: And and how was the manager? He he was dancing round Portman Road before the game, during during the game, cool. and after the game.
3: Yeah, like as well, he's, he's chock-a-block at the minute with all these these interviews with BBC, ESPN. So the only real time, well, it's funny because the only real time I've got to see him is obviously we were in Tuesday and we were in today. But I couldn't speak to him on Tuesday because I was still speechless. So I just let him get on with his team talk and that was it. We just hugged each other, embraced each other and, and that was it. But he's over
0: the moon and as are we and it's just such a special moment for everyone, you know. Well, the fans were tremendous, weren't they? I mean, you know, t- take our blue yeah. tinted glasses off. Your fans were amazing. For the neutral, for your supporters, it was just the best, best day. For us, it's one yeah. that we're going to have reminded of every year now, forever. <laughs> uh, the cup upset of all cup upsets. It's going to come back to haunt us, I think, Butch, for a long while, isn't it, this one?
1: Yeah, it is. But, I mean, speaking to Sam before, then after the game, I think was 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 really nice. And you could see that he's he's grounded. He's down to earth. He's very... Very uh, dignified in what he what he says, um, and he played very well. And they they deserve to be they deserve to be through. They hung on, yeah. and they hung on, but they stuck together as a team. And then when they had the chances, they took them. We didn't do that.
0: Well, look, Sam, well. pass on our best wishes to the team. Uh, we'll follow you as you progress through the rounds now and head to Wembley. Thank, Thank you so That's much for
3: having me on again. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> really good to talk Thanks, to Sam. you, Sam good Bone. Luck. Everybody. Well done, Sam. See you guys. Thank you, Sam. All the
0: best. Fantastic. Uh, it's a good lad, isn't he? Good lad. Yeah, yeah. Very good.
2: he was a good
1: lad, but there were several players, as you say, that were puffing quite a bit yeah. before the end of the game. And But they are given everything for, for the cause. And I think when you look at um, our lads, our lads, you know, they tried the hardest. There's no doubt about that. It wasn't a Barrow performance. It wasn't a, a Lincoln performance in terms of quality. Right. It's just the quality was missing when it came down to, to putting the chances away. And that we talked about that before on earlier programmes about players not having the match sharpness and the match fitness. And particularly when you get into situations like they had, Ipswich Town, you've got to put the chances away. We've we've, we've touched on that all season about being ruthless. Um, and the more ruthless teams, um, they win.
0: Well, it was a little frustrating, you know, the woodwork, um, you know, def- denied us early on, didn't it, Phil?
5: It did, it did. I mean, yes, yeah, so many chances Their Keeper made a number of saves. Um Opp- opportunities were spurned I think that's with, Within the f- The game should have been over In the first 10-15 minutes Shouldn't it really The could number of chances been, we had Could have been, could have been. Could The have other been. thing of course From you you're you lads It's uh, Shrewsbury has now Dropped down the list Of town's Worst cup shocks Isn't it I reckon after that Oh dear I'm getting a stare What's on about I'm getting it? a stare
1: <laughs> I, I, I can't What do you drag do you up Shrewsbury you know I think, you think That's drag the drag first up?
5: time We've had a double stare <laughs> actually,
0: <laughs> In the whole show yeah, yeah. What <laughs> league were they in not that
2: low Yeah, not that low by yeah, any yeah, stretch yeah. of imagination no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sort of same league we were in last year it's a yes it's
1: officially a badge of dishonour yeah. But shall anyway, we move on
2: Moving I just want yes. to know if it was Sam's granddad who ro- rolled out the stand might have been celebrating a bit early then.
0: <laughs> yeah that was some celebration it really was wasn't it um, look we've got lots to talk about tonight we've got uh, plenty to, uh, to squeeze in before we finish the show uh, don't forget if you are watching on YouTube please like and subscribe to the channel subscribing doesn't cost you anything just means you get a notification bell when the latest episode is out the likes help us as well with the channel and hello if you're listening on one of the many podcast platforms um, if you want to find out about our merch our shirts and our mugs and various different things we've got some events coming up soon then go to uh livesapitch.tv www.livesapitch.tv for more um do we uh do we want another guest on the show yes, are, we, why are we ready for another guest on the show yes. a big shout out please it's Tommy Miller. Yes. Oh, good, Tom. Tommy!
4: good evening,
0: love. Right. <laughs> How are you doing? Hello, Tommy. Good to have you on the show. What do you think of that yeah, match at the is. weekend? Then out of the FA Cup.
4: Incredible, wasn't it? Um, I was watching it on the telly, and I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. You know, the missed chances, and just it wouldn't go in for Ipswich. And then uh, fair play to the mates, you know they they took the goals really well. The first one was was superb.
0: And uh, that is, as we were saying, a, a big defeat for town. Uh, the worry is uh, that possibly could have some impact mentally on the players, do you think, Tommy, or not? Or can they brush that aside?
4: Well, I think they've got to get over it quickly. Yes, it's a shock. Um, it's an upset. But they, they couldn't have done any more apart from obviously putting the ball in the, in the net a few more times. You know, the, the amount of chances they had. And it was one of them days where the, the ball just wouldn't go in um, from all the shots and the keepers making saves and, you know, I made to have two shots on target and score two goals. It was absolute smash and grab, and they have to move on quickly and refocus and get back on to, on track with the league. Uh,
0: how do they do that, Butch? Russ, you've both been managers. How 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 does Kieran kind of get this out of their brains? Just get drunk, I suppose. That's what we do. <laughs> sort, of, sort of work
1: for us, a bit, yeah.
0: And then
2: play. It,
1: yeah.
2: Forget all about it and by Sunday night, don't you? Yeah, it? you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Still
2: yeah. in the
1: bar. Yeah, it's quite nice. Yeah,
2: that's fair enough. <laughs> I think it's handy if you've got a midweek game that comes along quickly, but yeah, uh, town haven't had that this week. Haven't had that luxury, so they've had to, in a way, suffer a little bit longer. Um, yeah, and then they have got the long journey up to Preston. This weekend, you know, a a tough game and they'll be glad to get back out on the pitch together. Um, Again, it'll be a different starting lineup, but um, they'll all be sort of pulling in the same direction, you know, because the ones that didn't play are still tainted with the the memories of last weekend as as much as the, the lads that actually did play.
1: I think he's stand at the manager as well. The manager is, you know, he's a sort of manager. We've seen this over the over the, the few years he's been here. But he, he always looks at reactions from players. If you have a bad defeat or a defeat, you want a reaction. How, what are you going to be like in the next game? And he's immediately looking forward to the next game. And this week couldn't, as Ross says, this week couldn't come quick enough for them to get, you know, pull the boots back on and get out there and erase it by by playing games and winning games now, because there's only one thing to focus on.
0: Tommy, you've seen town a few times this season. W- what are your thoughts on it? It's an incredible season, isn't it?
4: Unbelievable. You know, they did brilliant. Um, credit to the manager, you know, the, the players they've they brought in as well. Um, obviously, Hurst a big miss. They, they, ideally, if they can get another forward in, I know they've gotten a the lad in from Wimbledon. Um, but I think they they'll be trying to get another one in. Uh, they're just lacking a little bit of firepower now. Hurst's uh, injured, uh, but they play great football. You know they've scored some fantastic team goals this season, and um, I don't think anyone thought they would be up there. Uh, maybe he's pushing towards playoffs, but to be in the top two, three, you know it's it's been a fantastic season so far
0: do you think they've got enough about them to stay there lots of people are looking at the other clubs around them um and and really sort of dismissing us but you know i've said i'm afraid top two all season everybody haven't i uh so i'm one that predicted at the start but have they got enough about them tommy
4: yeah i think so you know we we're in february now um you know if if it was christmas time and they started losing a few and you might you might drop away but I think they've got enough. You know, I think uh, Kevin will keep them motivated. He'll keep them focused. Um, obviously, keep them working hard. They'll stick to the game plans, what they, they have for certain games. And I'm sure they can be they can stay in there. You know, Leeds, Southampton, they're all pushing hard. Uh, so which have got to maintain their form and, and stay high.
0: We, we spoke, boys, didn't we, to Connor Chaplin in the first uh, yeah. show we ever did. and And we reflected back on last season and we said there was a bit of a wobble Uh, when we weren't winning and Connor pointed out that, well, we weren't winning, but we weren't losing either. We were drawing lots of games. They weren't particularly worried. Can you see some parallels with that now? It can do a little bit. I think
2: we do have to keep an eye on the teams just behind us, Southampton, obviously in Leeds. And what we've got to do is just match or better their results week in, week out. Those are the teams we've got to concentrate on and we've just got to be better than them. I don't know what the running's like if you can compare our run into what Southampton and Leeds have got. I know Leeds are Bristol City uh, tomorrow night, so I spoke to Liam Manning earlier today and they've had a busy time with all the replays they've had. Um, so maybe they can do us a favour and take three points off Leeds, which will be a uh, godsend if they can.
1: I think at this stage last year, we went out of the cup to Burnley and we never lost a game in the league to the end of the season you know, I mean, at the end of the season and well into this season so they recovered really well and that's the key that you have to do that and I think we could do with someone like Tommy Miller just bursting through midfield and slotting the ball in the back of the net mm-hmm. I watched a lot of your goals Tommy on, on YouTube and I thought I was seeing okay. this I thought I was seeing the same goal every time it was like the, <laughs> it was like it was like yeah, there was ball, a, lot, there was ball, a lot
4: of similar ones it? it was like yeah. balls
1: cut back yeah. Tommy Miller bang goal yeah, yeah. Bang goal, bang goal! But you, you, you were like you're very much like Walkie Johnny Walk. You don't smash the ball in the back of the net. or you have a, str- a strong no, shot. It. You passed it into the back of the net. It was it was quite uncanny, really. Left foot and right foot. I think even, header yeah, like, a, even a, a header,
4: even a header. Bit of a hard side foot. Yeah, I used to just try and place them and, and get get me power that way. But yeah, you mentioned John Walk. I mean, what a fantastic player he was. And a goal scorer, wasn't he? I mean, he he arrived in the box tremendous you know so did you so did you as well it. yeah don't knock yourself down you you timed it <laughs> no, really thanks well for that, butch. thanks were yeah. Thank you me. a
2: penalty king as well though tommy yeah
4: yeah i took the penalties as well yeah um, and was quite fortunate not to not to miss many i missed a few towards the end of my career uh, but i had a i had a good record um up until the last few years uh, before i finished did you did your run ups get a bit shorter the
1: older you got was that right
4: <laughs> um <laughs> No, not really. I think the keepers just sort of did more homework I think as the as the game sort of went on. You know, the goalkeeper coaches were studying where players were taking penalties a lot more. They were doing the research and I think if they'd watched me, a lot of the time I went to the same side. The, the goalkeepers left uh, but I knew if I hit it right and got enough power on and obviously the accuracy that they they wouldn't get there but like I said, towards the end keepers were sort of gambling and going that side and they were ju- just maybe getting there and I, I missed a couple.
5: I think the only one you missed for town was again was it against Forest, and the referee made, made it, um allowed yeah, you to retake it. It was.
4: It, it was um, got lucky, I think he said the goalkeeper moved off his line early and got lucky and then I took the took the retake and managed to, to score it yeah.
5: I shan't mention Wembley with Huddersfield, because I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't <laughs> mention was it then, Phil. I, yeah,
4: yeah, I was one of the few I missed,
5: wasn't that, wasn't, but that was not of the few But that was sort of foisted upon you, wasn't it? You suddenly realised you were taking the first penalty or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I was always confident,
4: and I would have took the first penalty. I, what, after extra time, it was a red-hot day, and I was desperate for the toilet, if I'm honest with you. I ran into the toilet, <laughs> come back out, and, and Jordan Rhodes sort of just chucked me the ball, and he went, right, you're up. I went, all oh, right, look okay. here. So it's a long walk um, and I was confident but I didn't hit it great and Simmonson got down to his left and saved it and we missed our first three that day. Uh, me, Alan Lee, obviously exit switch, uh, Damian Johnson but luckily for us Sheffield United missed theirs as well. So Were you, were you all desperate all for a wee around. were
0: you? All desperate for a wee? <laughs> 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 yeah,
4: probably, probably. Um, but but if the goalkeeper had scored, it, it was going to come back to me again. So you can imagine what I was, what I was feeling inside. <laughs> uh, but for, fortunately, Simmonson put it over the bar and the rest is history, obviously. Yeah.
0: Let's take you back to your uh, your town days when you were with us. Uh, take us back. Uh, tell us how you arrived at town. What was what was the conversation
4: you had? Yeah, well, obviously I was there as a schoolboy. I think um, it's been quite well known. Uh, got released just before I was 16 and then ended up going to do my to me, white. Yes, at Hartlepool, and then be professional, and then Ipswich came in for me. Um, George Burley. So I had, I had a phone call from from the Hartlepool manager saying they'd agreed a fee with Ipswich um, crew at the time in Coventry, um, and I had permission to go and speak to all three clubs. And obviously, I was drawn towards Ipswich. They were they were in the Premier League at the time. They were playing European football. Um, it was going to be a massive jump for me, obviously coming from Hartlepool. But I knew the area from when I was there as a kid. And I knew the club a little bit and it's such a family club, such a warm club and my mind was made up straight away where I was going and um, it was a good learning experience for me the first season. Uh, got in towards the end, but the the team struggled. There were some good nights in Europe, uh, but I knew obviously the, the team getting relegated and going into the Championship, it was sort of going to be my my chance to shine really and my opportunity. Uh, you know, I was a bit naive to maybe think I would go from the the old fourth division which is now division three um, or league two sorry uh to the Premier League and go straight into the team um, so the championship was was going to be my opportunity and I managed to do all right and, and get a few goals along the way
0: it was a it was a, a, a an interesting time to to be at the club wasn't it lots of uh, players around you there who who are you looking at for inspiration and influence
4: uh, well jim and jilton I learned a lot from Jim obviously I think um He's a good friend of mine as well, but just the way he sort of conducted himself on the field, you know, he just he just wanted the ball all the time. You know, demanded high expectations, high standards. Um, so I looked up to him. Uh, he'd obviously fall out if he didn't pass in the ball, so he was very argumentative. Really, uh, what surprise. a surprise! <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, Matty Holland, obviously as well. You know, the skipper, good leader, um, good around the changing room. And then you had the older ones, Mark Venus and, and Tony Mowbray, who were coming towards the end of their careers, you know, offering advice and, you know, good role models and good leaders um, on the pitch and off the pitch.
5: And a manager, of course, it was uh, Joe Royal. He did a fantastic job, didn't
4: he? Yeah. And when Joe came in, he, he sort of gave me a license just to get forward, you know, and get in the box. And, you know, I had good players around me, which allowed me to do that as well. You know, I I didn't really have to do as much defensive work as a a Jim or a Kevin Horlock or a Matty Holland. And, all them types of players and that allowed me to, to flourish really and get to the strengths of my game which was getting forward and, and trying to score goals.
5: And celebrating goals that was another strength of your career wasn't it? It's, uh, some um, very memorable goal celebrations.
4: Yeah I look back now a bit stupid but <laughs> when you're younger you are a bit stupid aren't you? Um, <laughs> but we just different sports what we used to do along the way there was a tennis one there was a a golf one, there was you know snooker ones and what? Oh,
5: sorry, I remember the snooker one it was you you and Shevky used the to snooker play snooker. One, didn't
4: you? Yeah, the snooker one, uh, the corner flag out there, you get you get a booting for that now. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's just a bit of fun, and I think that sort of uh, the the team we had then, I think it was you know it was a, a great type, a great team to play. You know, we all got on well. There was a good team spirit, Um and I think we were just free flowing. We especially under Royal, we just attacked. You know, it, if it was mean in winning games five four, then so be it. Um, we were all out attacking. It was a shame that we couldn't get over the line. You know, and then then two years where we we failed in the playoffs and uh, real disappointment, and it sort of still bugs me to this day.
0: Well, it was so close, wasn't it? I'm just going to ask the boys, what were your goal celebrations like? Did you have a golf swing or a snooker cue or anything when you were celebrating your goals?
1: Uh, we went wild. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we we shook hands and ran back to the to the centre circle back. And... <laughs> That was the limit of our yeah. celebrations. Well, well played, well played. Shake hands and there we go. That's about right. Yeah, yeah about that it. was it. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I was, I was nobody jumped on my shoulders. It was quite a way up to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you can't jump on Eric Gates' shoulders. You'll kill him. So there, yeah. bless him.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's too uh, far to run as well sometimes yeah, somebody we we else didn't. has scored say yeah. Brazil scored we didn't bother you got to run all the way up there just to yeah. say <laughs> well done yeah, well done lads you know, yeah. we just, <laughs> we'll wait for you we,
1: we, when we scored we used to have a little chat and things like that and walk back ourselves our yeah. wait for them yeah. on the halfway way wait license. for them and yeah. well played and yeah, that was well it done. You know, let's, let's go again Right, well, it clearly worked for you, didn't it? So, yeah, that yeah. yeah, it was a bit underwhelming that question. Yeah, some
5: terrific, front players in that team, weren't there? Pablo, I think you had quite a good relationship with Pablo um, on the pitch, didn't you? And Shefki and Darren Bent.
4: Yeah, I mean, three good forwards, you know, um, all with different qualities. You know, Pablo was exceptional, um, back to goal, so strong and. and Every time I sort of got the ball, I didn't have to look. I knew where he was and play little balls around the corner and I'd get it back. And he, w- he was technically excellent. And then you had Bendy, who would catch pigeons, you know, anything in behind. He would, he would chase and, and get onto balls over the channels. And, and he, he was clever, you know, with his movement and obviously a fantastic goal scorer um, and went into to bigger and better things. And then you had Shevsky, who was just a man mountain, you know, just all power, strength. Um, and you know he, he threw on goal, and he he just whacked it as hard as he could. You know there wasn't really any finesse, but again, did, did very well for Ipswich and scored lots of goals. So yeah, yeah, he had, all the, three, had the ultimate goal celebration, didn't he? Different. Really,
0: the Shevchuk dive, which was yeah, incredible. I mean, that
4: was just crazy, wasn't it? You, you get on about celebrations, and he's sort of flying himself into the air and landing from what I don't know, twelve foot high. You know, on his chest, or obviously putting his hands down to, to sort of. Stuff on the blow, but it was yeah, it was a ridiculous. Was I he agree.
1: was he was he mad anyway?
4: Yeah, he was a bit crazy. Yeah, a bit crazy. But on the field, you know, off the field, he was a nice lad. You know, get on with anyone. You know, a friendly giant. Really, you know, he wouldn't hurt a fly. But on the field, he was, you know, he sort of changed and turned, and he would give everything for the cause. You know, he just a graft as well. Never he never stopped running. one game, he's, he's he's clearing the 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 corner. You know, the corner comes in. He's at the near post. He's clearing it. And he's getting on the end of his his own clearances, he was just a, he was a machine.
0: Well, there you go. What, what was your highlight, Tommy, of your time at town, if you had to to pick a moment? Is there a moment?
4: Um, I think scoring at Anfield, you know, as a, as a young kid growing up, um, watching Liverpool and sort of having that little feeling for them uh, when I was younger and sort of Beardsley and Ian Rush, you know, and going against Liverpool at, the, at Anfield, at the Cop End, was was a special moment. Um, and there was a lot, you know, scoring every goal I scored, you know, I obviously enjoyed it, and you know, by the celebrations and the European nights, you know, at Portman Road was special, albeit the opposition we played against weren't great, uh, but you had to beat them, and you know, I scored a couple of goals on, on one of the nights, and it just felt special. Them nights felt special under the lights, you know, full house. Um, so yeah, there was there was some good times, but. Like I touched on earlier, the, the playoff disappointment—you know, two years on the bounce was was a major. major that really talk.
0: rankles, doesn't it? Can see it in your eyes there, and the way you talk, your demeanour—that that that really rankles, doesn't it? That you didn't get through those playoffs.
4: Yeah, and I think if you speak to well, all the lads really, I think they are still sort of disappointed by it. You know, you people say move on, and you do move on, but in the back of your mind, it's we, we should have been up. You know, we were we were cruising really, uh, and I think. Chefki got injured and missed a couple of games. We played Watford and QBR, I think, in quick succession. Two home games and we missed Cefki in them games. And I think we only picked up one point out of six. And Wigan and Sunderland were sort of in there as well. And they were picking up the pace and we just faulted up the last hurdle, really, which was a a big disappointment. You
0: you mentioned Jim earlier on, Jim Magilton. Uh, Any any moments you can uh, share with us about uh, Jim and his playing days there with you?
4: Well, I think he had a few when he was manager, uh, a few altercations um, in, in the changing rooms. Uh, again, not like Jim. but um, <laughs> No, I think as a player, he, he had lots of arguments as well, you know, and, and he always won, believe it or not. Uh, he, he, he was always right. Um, but just so passionate, that, that was him. You know, he just had a, a real desire to, to win and um, Irishman, you know, a bit of fire in his belly and uh, he wouldn't take no for an answer, and like I said earlier, he was he was always right.
5: So of course, you, you at the end of that season, um, it was I mean, ironically, I think it was Paul Jules Wigan and Mick McCarthy Sunderland. who went up instead of us, um, and it was Sunderland you went you went to didn't you after that?
4: I did, and like I just I think a little bit of regret as well. I'd, be, I'd like to have done it with Ipswich and got promoted because I think. Joe was a fantastic manager, a fantastic man, manager. And he got the best out of me and I was really enjoying the football. Um so for me to leave it, it would have to take something special. I had many conversations with Joe leading up to the end of the season. He just said, "Listen, there's, a, there's going to be a contract there, but we don't know what we're going to offer. There's talk of new owners coming in and all that sort of stuff." Um so I can't really give you a decision in terms of what we can offer and in the background I'm, I'm obviously doing all right and scoring goals and Sunland are onto on to me agency and they'd be interested in doing something, Leeds as well and it was gonna get me back north and back home and Sunderland's my hometown club and it's probably the only club I would have would have left for, you know, I was out of contract. Nothing got started with Ipswich and we failed in the play uh failed in the playoffs. Sunland went up. And it was an opportunity to, to play Premier League football and to be close at home, well, to be home. Was it was it like,
1: was it your club? Was it your best manager you played under, Joe Roar? Because you played under a few people like George, yeah. Mick McCarthy, Roy Keane, Jim Gilton, Paolo Di, yeah. Di Canio, as well.
4: Yeah, I mean, again, all different managers, and you, you touch on Di Canio, <coughs> absolute maverick and absolutely crazy. But I loved playing for him. You know, as a coach. He was excellent uh, decanio and he, he doesn't probably doesn't get enough credit for his coaching uh, typical Italian uh, his mentality was fantastic um but obviously his man management was what it, what it let him down uh, but going back to other managers Joe Royal was yeah he, he got the best out of me and it, I was playing in a team what um I really enjoyed um, and I think you look back and that was probably my, my best time in my career.
0: It was a time at the club where the club had very little money, wasn't it? I think Alan Ferguson the groundsman at the time was buying the petrol for the lawnmower. Um I mean it was a, it was quite a tough time financially. I mean it's a shame we didn't have a bit more money for Joe. Um he could have in, invested that wisely and perhaps that could have brought the promotion maybe.
4: Definitely. And I think you look at the the managers after Joe and um and after Jim uh, even you know Roy Keane for example came in and and spent a lot of money. Um a lot of money and didn't quite get them there, did he? Uh so it would have been nice if Joe and Jim had been given some funds to to improve the squad. But I think with Joe he he worked really well with the players and I think Willie Donegan deserves a mention as well because Joe was quite laid back and, and quite a bubbly character, whereas Willie was completely the opposite. Dead serious and, you know, dead straight with you and it worked well. They were a good partnership. They worked really well. Joe would drive around on the golf buggy, whereas Willie was more of a hands-on coach, and Joe would sort of get off the golf buggy and, and, and sort of give his input, and then he would get back on the golf buggy and watch, and Willie was the more hands-on coach, and uh, it was a good combination, like I have to say.
0: Well, we'll come back and talk to you some more in a moment, Tommy, but for now, Tommy Miller, everybody. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. Tommy. Come yeah, back you to guys. you in, in, in a little while. Uh, It's nice to pitch TV if you're watching on YouTube. Hello, if you're listening on podcast, hello to you as well. Uh, Time for this week's Keep It Up Challenge, sponsored by Ginger Pickle. Now, unfortunately, Tommy's not in the studio with us, so he can't do the Keep It Up Challenge, which is a shame, isn't it? Uh, yeah. What a shame you're not here, Tommy. We, we could have got you to do the old keepy uppy challenge. Uh, at the moment, James Scowcroft is uh, top of the leaderboard, followed by uh, Simon Milton and, and Luke Chambers. Oh, I think you're muted. I think you might be muted. We can't hear you. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, we can hear you now. We can hear you now. Uh, would right, you fancy I mean, having I mean, a go I mean, at what's
4: that? The, what's, what's the tally? What's the tally? Uh,
0: well,
5: seventy-nine. Seventy-nine
0: Scoey. in a minute with Scoey. On one
5: foot. Season. Yeah, and it, until he got bored. <laughs> <laughs> and Milt's yeah. is second on 74. Yeah. And Chambo, 59. So. so I'm looking at
0: our near capacity crowd. Uh, does anybody want to take on. Oh, oh, look at them. Look at them. Look at them shuffling. <laughs> shuffling back, not wanting to engage my eye contact. I'm looking at our floor manager, Leslie Dolphin, who's got some fantastic trainers on. Uh, surely with those. No? Okay. All right then. So we'll have to give. We'll have two white. She says, "Okay, we'll have to give that a miss this week." But uh, I'm sure very soon we'll be having some challenges onto the uh, onto the leaderboard. As I mentioned earlier on, uh, don't forget to check out livesapitch.tv for merchandise. We'd love you to uh, sport one of our shirts. We've got mugs and everything as well. Uh, Time now for town news in brief, sponsored by John Keeble Cars of Bramford with Phil from twtd.co.uk. He's putting on the news hat as I speak.
5: Breaking news. Go on then. We've signed Kiefer Moore on loan. Ooh. It's just been confirmed a couple of minutes ago uh, that he's he's joined us uh, for his second spell. Obviously, he was here um, a few years ago. M- uh, Mick McCarthy signed him for £25,000 from Forest Green Rovers. And um, uh, on one of those days where people went, who? <laughs> and uh, anyway, he obviously did very little here um, in that period. He, he, he made 11 appearances from the bench, really didn't set the world on fire um, you can tell I'm looking for my folder here can't my story on my <laughs> computer here um, and um, it didn't really set the world on fire and his uh, but he then went on loan to Rotherham and scored goal after goal after goal in the first half of that season then got a move to Barnsley that January for £750,000 and it, his career has just been on an upward trajectory from there really um, uh, and so he's kind of, I think he's probably hit his limit now, hasn't he, at, at uh, AFC Bournemouth, got into the Premier League, pl- playing for Wales um, and he, he's, he's just sort of hit that level and um, now I think that it was always expected to come to the Championship in this window uh, and Ipswich have been in need of strikers, obviously they signed Ali al Hamadi from AFC Wimbledon on uh, Monday, uh, but I think we needed two strikers because obviously you could sign one, they could get injured the f- in the first game, and you're, you're back to square one again. So um, Al Hamadi, 21, scored 17 times for Wimbledon, having uh, a very, again, another strange career trajectory in that he was pretty much released by uh, Wickham Wanderers last January, having not really made a mark there, goes to AFC Wimbledon, does terrifically well, uh, and gets a move to a championship club. Uh, Within a year, so it's, it's remarkable stuff, really. Um, I think uh, Wickham got twenty five percent of the fee because, although they let him go, they they obviously thought that there must be something there. But um, I gather there were lots of other clubs uh, interested in him, not just here. Uh, a friend of mine told me that he spoke to someone who was um, works at a or runs a a club in Europe, uh, and they would started to kind of take notice of his stats. Um, and I think we might well have sort of stolen a march on other clubs by signing him so sort of perhaps clubs might have looked at him in the summer but we've gone for him now which is uh, really good and obviously adding Kiefer Moore who is a more experienced striker which I think is, is kind of what we needed really uh, Yeah. Well,
0: let's, let's ask the near capacity crowd happy with Kiefer Moore yeah, yeah. 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 happy with the window yeah. mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. not really butch are they no, it's been
1: it's been a poor window, but there's there's not a lot out there to be honest. And you know you you look at you know who is available. and They're going to cost a lot of money because you know people can hold you to ransom and all that sort of thing. I and mean, we definitely needed two strikers. There's no doubt about that. I'm just I'm not convinced about either one to be honest. Um, Al Hamadi has uh, never played at this level, I don't think. So um, he's very young, and you know you don't want him to be a scarlet, really. Like he comes in and doesn't really impress and then fades fades away you need somebody to come in with a bit of a punch but you know there's oh, i heard a, a wimbledon fan saying like he gets in behind his pace he scores from anywhere goes wide as well Eye for goal as we see as we saw at, at wimbledon strong and physical high work rate and a big asset but he's he's not particularly big i think he's probably shorter than phil and, no he's um, not is that possible he's bigger than that. Well, than that I think he's, he's yeah he's, but I'm kidding Phil don't worry about that no look up how fa- tall he is the thought he's got hey, move, on, move on yeah the fan said the fan said that he was he's better off with a centre forward but town don't play that way so you you know if we need a hearse someone's going to run in behind and be busy and waspish and do all this kind of thing and I think he could fit that bill well but Kiefer Moore for me well we don't play that way you know you sort of say well Al Hamadi fits the bill or the profile is what the club is saying of of strikers what they want, young, pacey, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But Kiefer Moore's not young and he's not pacey and you know we we don't actually play that way. But do
0: you think in the second half of the season, you know, we might try something different? You know, we, a lot of the teams have uh, perhaps sussed us out now. They know how we play. Um, a, 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 adding a different so. dynamic <laughs> to it. No, I, don't th- I don't think so either. I don't right? think we'll try anything
2: different. Um, my concern is. is Similar to Terry's, you, you know, players that come into the, the setup at Ipswich at the moment sometimes take a while to get bedded into the style of play uh, that Kieran plays. And uh, it's great football, it's fantastic football, and it's got us where we are now. So if Alhamdi gets the first shout and he's involved with the first team regularly, when does Kiefer Moore get his chance? To play in the team? Is he going to be the one coming on for 20 minutes or 10 minutes at the end of the game? Uh, will that keep him up to speed for when we need him? Will he be in for the next game? Will Al-Hamadi be out for the second game? It, it, it's a bit of a juggling act that he's, he's got to create now. We've spoke about the, the lack of uh, real strong competitive football for the lads that aren't playing regularly in, in the first team squad. You know, and it's all right playing 20 minutes now and again, but like we saw on Saturday, one or two of the lads were a little bit off the pace. Even going back to Christian Walton, you know, he didn't have anything to do in the game, which is always difficult for a goalkeeper, but it did look like he hadn't played a match of any sort of consequence for a long time.
5: Mm. I think uh, the the money they're probably paying for Kiefer Moore, he'll start, (laughs) I think. um, I think he'll, yeah, I think the way that, Kieran tends to, tends to use his strikers or his forward players generally. Kiefer will be the one that gets 60 minutes and, and Al Hamadi, who is six foot two incidentally All oh, right, so he's, he's, he's a fair do bit not, tall. do you not
1: wish you were six foot two as well
5: yeah I certainly <laughs> would have been a much better footballer if I was six foot two I think oh, I don't um, know well, I don't know about that no where are you there. on the keep it up challenge leaderboard? I'm, I'm not on it anymore no, no I've, we, I've drifted off the I'm down into the Scottish leagues yeah. we well, yeah. We'll yeah. have another go now Phil Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there oh, are I've two of us Russ on the leaderboard aren't we bit of still there. but yeah I think Al Hamadi. I think when the when this transfer window started, I think we were probably looking for two experienced championship strikers, don't you? I think that was mm-hmm. probably what they'd have wanted um and there haven't been a lot of options. You look at the the transfers generally in this division, there haven't been a lot of um, strikers of the type that we are interested in available. Gallagher, obviously, were keen on. Blackburn then sort of, I think they were prepared to do a deal, but then kind of looked behind them a bit worriedly and thought, we're in a win with the chance of going down here. So they decided to, to pull out of that deal. Kiefer Moore has played regularly in the Championship. Um, and has got promoted from the championship so I think he's a decent signing at this level and I think he does his height does give us something slightly different I, know, I don't think we're going to change how we play but um, I think that his aerial ability gives us something in those sorts of games a bit like Saturday and a bit like Stoke when they were down to 10 men um, that he that someone's cross will probably find him better more easily than some of the other strikers we've had perhaps and uh I think if he's bigger than any of the others, he should have a chance of. Yeah, that's, what I, mean, of it, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. I think that, uh, that that he had... Some, but he's not just—he's not like a Kevin Francis. We mentioned Kevin Francis earlier, didn't we? He's not just a very tall striker. He's—he's—he's <laughs> he's, he's, he's decent enough with his feet. He will run the channels and that kind of thing. So, um, I think yeah, and it, it gives us something different. And Al Hamadi, I. I Think, I agree with you that he will take a little while well, to get both, used to both this will, level. Both will take a little while as yeah. well. but to Kieran, the style, Kieran, but, yeah.
1: Kieran's not going to change his style of play, which has no. worked very, very well. No. You know, we, I and mean, we all want the boys the two newcomers, to be a success. Yeah, it's just that it's, it might take a bit of a bit of time, and there's something that with Southampton and Leeds breathing down the club's neck. You know, you don't want to have that sort of stalling at the moment. You want to just get back to winning ways quickly, but. You know, it's they're definitely players that can. I mean, it's a big signing, Kiefer Moore, because he's six foot five, so yeah, yeah it's a very big signing. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, but he's, you know, he has the he has the experience to put the ball in the back of the net, and that's that's what we need. Yeah, mm. but you
2: would want to play week in, week out, wouldn't you, if you were joining joining a new club? Yeah, absolutely. You want to go into the first game, you hold your place for the second game, and stay in there. You won't want to be going in and playing an hour if you're lucky, and coming out, and then not knowing if you're going to be in the starting lineup for the next week. It's. um Different game though nowadays.
5: Hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's. It's. Yes. It is that kind of players don't expect to play ninety minutes every week now, do they? Because only centre halves. This is true. This yeah. is true. This is true. But but forward players in particular, I think that they they kind of know how the game works, and and I think it probably works positively in that um, you, you never feel as if you're kind of out of favour as such do you know what I mean even, even if you're not in the 11 you still get a game and you still get th- uh, 30 minutes often to, to make an impression and, and yeah. make your mark on the game it's got to be more than just getting a game though Phil hasn't it it's no but you, 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 you still feel part of it that's what I mean whereas at right. uh, uh, any level I think kind of if you're on the bench and you don't think you're going to get a match you kind of feel a bit less kind of involved don't you I think mm. I'm going to bring Tommy back in in a yeah, second sorry. or two do you have any more news uh, well, El- Elkin Baggett, the only real other other movement on the in the transfer window today, uh, the final day of the transfer window uh, he's joined Bristol Rovers on loan to the end of the season, which I think is ideal for him. Mm. Uh, League One experience needs games, doesn't he? And as That's we true.
0: as we go to uh, to press, there could be more after we finish. Could
5: possibly yeah. be more. Cameron Humphreys possibly might. Uh, there's been sort of League One clubs in for him, but we haven't. There's no other left back coming come in, and he's, he, he's the cover at left back. So I don't think they'd let him go unless they brought some cover in at left back. Mm, okay, let's
0: bring Tommy back in. Uh, Tommy, what, what do you think about doing business in this window? It's a it's a tough one, isn't it?
4: Yeah, it's a tough window, uh, very tough. And obviously, he managed to get two in. A uh, keeper who I like, um, but as the lads have said in the in the studio, it's a bit he needs crosses in the box. He, he's a big target man. Um, so I don't think they're going to change the way they play. He is OK with his feet you know, and he is mobile uh, but I think to get the best out of Keith I know uh, you need to be getting balls in the box and going a bit longer. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that sort of plays out. Uh, and the other lad, Al Hamadi, again, I don't think he's going to start. I think he's going to be more of an impact on the, on the bench and I think it'll, it'll take time for him to settle in but I think the conversation they must have had with Keith Amour was you, you're coming to play. You know he's he's sitting on the bench at Bournemouth in the Premier League. He, he doesn't want to be sitting on the bench again so I imagine he'll he'll go straight into the starting lineup.
0: Uh, and he's a big lad. He's a big lad so uh, plenty to aim for.
1: So uh, Tommy, uh, during your career, you there was rumors of a a move to to Bran, was it Norway and Star Bucharest. Did you would you fancy playing
4: abroad? Yeah. It's funny because Hartlepool had a link with Bran Bergen in Norway, so when our season finished um, I can't remember, I think it was 1999 I think it was on 98 I ended up going over to Norway for six weeks and did pre-season with them so it wasn't ideal time because I was absolutely knackered, I'd played a long season with Hartlepool and I know I was young uh, but I think I had a week off and then I went straight over to Bran because the, the owners of Hartlepool, IOR, which was a oil company um, owned Hartlepool so I ended up doing pre-season with Brand Bergen and they qualified for the Champions League and they wanted to sign me uh, but let me tell you now it was very expensive over there Jesus I mean I'm, I'm from obviously the North so it was quite cheap back then in the day uh, and to go to Brand Bergen I think it was something like £5 a pint and that was in 1999 so 5 six pounds a pint it was an expensive but a lovely place Bergen was a, a beautiful place uh, but I, I couldn't see myself settling over there and ended up coming back to Hartlepool, having another scene, I think it was, and then obviously joining Ipswich. And the, like and the style of Bucharest was a, a strange one. Um, I came from Norway. I had a phone call from an agent um, who I'd never spoke to before. He got my number somehow, and he, and Georgie Hadji was the manager. Uh, obviously, fantastic player and fantastic career. Uh, and my name was mentioned somehow uh, would I be interested in going to Romania to play but I not really it didn't really happen or I didn't materialise and if I'm honest with you I, I don't think I could see myself go, going over to that
5: So you had a second spell at, uh, th- sorry a third spell at town didn't you with, with Jim as your manager how was it with Jim suddenly Jim going from being a teammate to being your manager
4: yeah, I mean, I didn't say no when he rang me to say, "Hey, you best come on loan." Um, so yeah, I was I was straight down there, straight down the A40. Uh, it was either Preston or, or Ipswich, um, and the misses had just had twins, so they were only six months old. Um, and I thought, yeah, I need to get away from them because I was having some this night, so, yeah. so I need to get as far away as possible. So yeah, yeah been yeah, there, but, Tom, uh, done that. <laughs> coming back to Ipswich um, but yeah like I said when when Jim was on the phone it was a case of yeah I, I, I definitely can't say no and obviously being at Ipswich before I knew the area and stuff and um, you know, it, was, it was good to be back
5: What was it like playing in his team then?
4: Yeah crazy I mean it's just when it was a player really you know so he's a hothead everyone knows you know he's very passionate and like I touched on earlier and he has big standards, high standards, and, and, you know, if he just wants you to be comfortable on the ball. He demanded that as a player and as a manager, he wanted everyone to be comfortable on the ball and take it in all areas of the pitch, you know, even if you're on the edge, you your own six-yard box, but good coach, enjoyed working for him and, like I say, it was never, it was never a dull moment when Jim was in charge.
5: We were you here for Keno, were you?
4: I was, um, and again, a strange one because, Obviously, Roy Keane was my manager at Sunderland, um, so he came in at Sunderland. Um, I was on the treatment table. I was out for six weeks. I'd done the ankle uh, ankle ligament damage, and I think in the first week he brought in uh, Graham Kavanagh, Liam Miller, uh, Dwight York, um, and he, he ended up playing York as a as a centre midfielder, and Liam M- Miller was a midfielder, CAV was a midfielder. So I found it very hard to get in the team and for whatever reason, never really got an opportunity. Uh, then he went out on loan uh, and then I left after two years, uh, one year with Roy. Uh, managed to get promoted, but I, I didn't feature. I, I had a spell on loan at Preston in that time as well. Um, and then when he came to Ipswich, I, I couldn't believe it, you know, but I'll be honest with you, I, I sort of knew I was leaving Ipswich before me contract. it couldn't run end. Uh, I'd had conversations with Jim and he said, if we don't get in the playoffs, I'm not going to be here either. Uh, there was talk about more investment coming into the club and I agreed a, a, a pre-contract with Sheffield Wednesday so when Roy came in the door, which he, he would have got rid of me anyway, um, I'm sure, uh, he expressed words with me to, uh, I bet you thought you wouldn't see me again. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I thought, I thought, I thought in the back of my mind, uh, I'll not be seeing you much longer now, uh, if, if I'm honest. Uh, but, I, Listen, Roy was a fantastic player and he did excellent at Sunderland to get them promoted, but in terms of his managerial style and his coaching style, it, it's in each one of them. And it's not for me to say, but I don't think many people enjoy playing under him. Yeah. Um, and as he says, he doesn't really have many friends in the game or and stuff like that. But they used to, i tell you what amazes me as well, he used to always go on about ex players being on the TV and uh, all the time. And <laughs> you kind of get him off the telly now. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he's good value and he's good entertainment. But I, I think a lot of it, uh, Tommy,
2: it's. Tommy, in that. It's a, uh, it's a bit of a show. Bit of a show Tommy, in 2008 9 season, I was having a look at your squad earlier. And you yeah. had one or two players from overseas. That's probably yeah. why you decided to lead. Leave uh, Jamie Peters from Canada, Kevin Lisby yeah. from Jamaica, Luciano yeah. Civelli, Argentina. Civelli. Yeah, Civelli. Civelli. Civelli.
4: Civelli. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Pim yeah. Bolkenstein, Dutch lad. Yeah, Dutch. Yeah. Canago is still there. Ivan Campo,
4: Bart was the Gardshaw goalkeeper still there. Thomas Guard was he still there?
5: Um, I think He'd gone I think by, by gone. then. He yeah, Bart came on loan, done, didn't yeah. he? At the end of that, Bart season. was on loan there. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Felici Sumulikoski. Yeah, very good. Well 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 done. Done, Russell, well, well done. From Macedonia. You've been practising that one, haven't you. you? Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i got the next one as well. Volz from Germany. Yeah, Moritz Volz, yeah. And uh, Dos Santos yeah. from Mexico. So we had yeah. somebody from every part and every corner of the world, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It's a very yeah. cosmopolitan squad. In that one season. season. Yeah. yeah. Ten. Yeah. Ten
5: overseas players. And a few Irish as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, Yeah, it's yeah, another it's... squad that probably should have done a bit better, I think, Tommy, don't you think? I mean, we missed out on the playoffs by, I think we were n- a ninth, but we were about 12 points off sixth, so it was a fair way away, but the the, the strength that there, there was in that squad probably should have should have done better, shouldn't it?
4: Yeah, probably underachieved, um, if I'm honest, yeah, we, sh- we, we should have getting in the playoffs. Uh, you just mentioned players there from all different different countries, um, they all brought something different, and yeah it was it was a disappointing season you know there was expectation of us to, to get in them playoffs and we we didn't quite uh, make it for but- the team wasn't as good as, um, obviously, when Joe, Joe was in charge.
1: Tommy, Tommy, you had so many players from, from all over the world. Could they actually understand you from the North East? <laughs> I was just going to
4: mention that, to be honest. Uh, yeah, and they had me from Hartlepool, up yeah, and, yeah. from Shot and Um No, I had to speak really slow, if I'm honest with you. Uh, because they they could not grasp uh, me one bit. Uh, so, yeah, I had to...
2: You look a bit disappointed at being reminded of that season, Tommy. I'm sorry about that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: your face yeah, has just I'm gone really. a bit down there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, what, what are you up to now? Because no, no. obviously you were back at Portman Road last year, weren't you, with um, Buxton in the FA Cup, um, and then yeah. um, South Shields until recently.
4: South Shields, yeah, um, which is on my doorstep. It's, it's about half, well, half an hour from uh, from my home. Uh, I went in with Julio Arca, uh, ex sun and ex Middlesbrough. Um, he got the South Shields job, and he asked me to to go in and help them. Um, we both got offered a two-year contract, uh, and then in the uh, I think it was at, we were flying. You know, I think the first few months we were being beat twice. We were second in the league, and then we lost a few games on the bounce, and we dropped down to eight. Um, and then all of a sudden, the chairman wanted to change things, which was a bit bizarre, a bit strange, because when we sat down with him in the summer, he, he wanted us to be mid-table. He said, listen, there's no pressure, expectation, best season, just have a good look at the league. Because they'd been promoted the previous season with Kevin Phillips. Um, and Kevin Phillips ended up leaving at the end of that season. Despite getting the promoted, him and the chairman sort of had a bit of a fallout. Um, so, listen, nothing surprises you in football. Um, so we ended up leaving just after Christmas, which um, was disappointing. But... Onto the next one, as they say, and and we see what see what's, what's round the corner and see what happens.
0: Well, we'll say goodbye in a moment or two, Tommy. We've got uh, a couple of things to do before we finish the show. Uh, time to have a look and see what happened to ITFC on this day. Brought to you in association with Fred Olsen Logistics. <laughs>
2: OK, and all these days in history are brought to you from the History Town on this day, book by Dan Botton, and he's got a new book fill coming out in August, I believe. Yes, August, yeah.
5: a, new, a new version of it, yes. Yep,
2: great, look forward to that. Anyway, Wednesday the 1st of February, we're going back to 1939. Prolific... <laughs> <laughs> you remember that far back? That's about 20 to 8. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Prolific forward, Fred Chadwick's goal, saw off Northampton town... 1 0 in a Southern Section Cup first round replay. The crowd of 2,858 is the lowest ever at Portman Road in a competitive match. Sounds like our near capacity crowd tonight, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Moving on, Sunday the 1st of February 1953. Following a 4 1 stuffing at Torquay United and a long journey home, the town players found themselves. Marooned at Ipswich Station for five hours due to extensive flooding along the east coast. And the third entry, uh, Saturday the 1st of February, you might find this a little bit more interesting, 1969, Bobby Robson's first game at Portman Road as manager saw his troops defeat Manchester United, including George Best, 1-0 at Portman Road in front of a then-record crowd of
0: 30,837. I think that deserves a reaction, oh, don't thank you? you. Happy days yeah happy happy days, days. Yep. Uh, just before we finish time for this week's man V fat news uh, this is the uh, the lads who play football to lose uh, weight uh, this from man V fat mark another fantastic Friday night at Portman Road saw the guys lose another 44 kilograms bringing this season's total to 90 kilograms lost in just two weeks uh, this week's results to lose a few pounds to pork Vale 12 Man Titty 13, yes. Seattle Quarter Pounders 9, Get in. L.A. Galaxy Bar 9, Far From Athletic 12, Argentina 4. Dinamo Kebab 7. Uh, can you congratulate the Ipswich B team for getting to the final of the East Anglian Invitation Cup on Sunday and run lucky to lose on penalties to Harlow? Best wishes to the Super Blues at Preston on Saturday, says Man V Fat Mark. And well done uh, to everybody involved in that. Uh, it's time to say goodbye to Tommy Miller. Tommy, thank you ever so much for coming on the show. Uh, you, really
4: good to catch Cheers. up. Tommy. Well
1: done, Tommy. Good thank to you very you. much. Thanks
4: very much, lad. Thank nice you. Blind, thank you. nice
1: thank blinds you. as well. Nice blinds.
0: <laughs> cool. All the best, Tommy Miller. Yes, thank you. Oh, fantastic, yes, thank you.
1: I, I have to say that they are the best blinds I've seen for a long time. It's one of the <laughs> nicest backdrops we've ever had. It I is think, the nicest, yeah. 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 He didn't even close them, he kept them open, so yeah, that's good. good. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Your choice, Tommy or Mrs. Yeah, Miller's? Uh,
4: Mrs. Miller's, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs>
0: Well, well Cheers, done. buddy. Thanks ever so much Thanks. for joining Bye-bye. us. Cheers. Take care. Thank you.
4: Uh,
0: that's it for today. Thanks ever so much for watching or listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you, boys. Thank you, Near Capacity crowd. Uh, don't forget to keep in touch. Check out our socials. That's uh, Life's a Pitch TV, uh, Facebook, Insta, and X on youtube please smash that like button and subscribe it makes all the difference and don't forget to check out www.lifesapitch.tv uh, for more details of what we're up to thanks again to our main sponsors dps tech we're also supported by all about hearing marketing company ginger pickle forward floors come hither design ashford Wright, the hudson group sound for pro audio fred olson logistics John Keeble Cars in Bramford and The Dove in St. Helen Street in Ipswich. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week. Up the town, everybody. Up the town.